us this morning. Uh, those that are visiting, we're especially glad to have you. Those that might be joining online, we're glad to have you with us too. Uh, it's a great privilege to gather together around God's Word and to let it feed our souls. The, the Psalms say that uh, the Word revives our spirits or revives our souls and gives life. To, to be in the Word just changes us, it transforms us. It's the Word that sanctifies us and makes us like Jesus. So that's what this is all about this morning. And obviously, what we're going to talk about this morning is words. Uh, words are important. What you say and how you say it matters. We speak because God speaks. We are made in the image of God. We can communicate. It's a marvelous gift. It's an amazing gift that we can talk to each other, but when sin entered the world, it affected everything about us, including how we talk. Instead of blessing others and praising God, we often curse, complain, and condemn. Our words often hurt instead of help. Jesus Christ came into the world to redeem us from this fallen condition. He came to restore us to righteousness or to wholeness in every single area of life, including how we use our tongue. A couple of years ago, I was out in Wyoming, and I met a guy on a trip, and he was showing me his brand-new black Indian motorcycle, and it was beautiful. And we got to talking, and he told me he had just become a Christian. Uh, but I noticed that his motorcycle jacket had a lot of things on it that would not glorify God. And he must have noticed that I was looking at it, and he said, hey, I got saved, but my motorcycle jacket hasn't gotten saved yet. <laughs> well, we can be like that with our tongue. We can be saved, but yet talk as if our tongue hasn't been saved yet. Sometimes people who are thought to be pretty mature Christians, who know their Bibles, have been in church a long time, still grumble or gossip or speak with anger and bitterness or frustration or irritation a lot. And as James said, brothers, these things ought not to be. So we come to Proverbs and we find that God has something to say to us about our tongues. We find God's wisdom in the book of Proverbs. And so that's what we're going to look at this morning, just the, just the whole big picture of all that God has to say to us in the book of Proverbs about our tongue. First, our tongue has immense power to do good and immense power to do damage. Proverbs says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. A perverse tongue can crush the spirit, and with his mouth the godless man destroys his neighbor. We all know this destructive power of the tongue from personal experience. Someone can speak a sharp, angry word to us or slander us, and what happens? We feel crushed, wounded, beat up. 
maybe even physically sick. But your tongue can also be used to heal and to put happiness inside of another person. Pleasant words bring sweetness to the soul and health to the body, Proverbs 16.24. Someone said something to me a couple of weeks ago that they probably thought was a pretty small thing. On a, it was actually on a Sunday morning, and it just so encouraged me. It, it made me happy. It lifted my spirit. And you can do that with your tongue. It's a tremendous power that you have. Proverbs 10.11 says, The mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life. Your tongue can give life to people. You, you can revive people. You can make people come alive again with your tongue. You may feel like you do not have any great or significant gifts, but you have a tongue. And your tongue can bless others in powerful ways. Your tongue is the way that you can change the world. So what should we do with this basic knowledge that God gives us in Proverbs that our tongue can do immense damage or enormous good? I think the obvious application is that we should vigilantly guard our tongue from evil. I mean vigilantly guard our tongue from harsh words, harmful words, hurtful words, evil words, words that bring death, words that crush. We should vigilantly guard our heart from the evil use of our tongue. And we should focus on, we should just make a valiant effort to use our tongue for good. It can do so much that we should uh, make a great effort to do good with our tongue. All right, the second very clear truth from all that Proverbs says about the tongue is that gentleness is to characterize our words and harsh, angry words are condemned. Gentleness is to characterize our speech. Harsh, angry words are condemned. Uh, Proverbs 15, 4, a gentle tongue is a tree of life, but a perverse tongue crushes the spirit. We've, probably most of us have heard this verse, Proverbs 15.1, a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. So we, we are uh, admonished again and again through Proverbs to use gentleness in our speech and avoid harshness and anger. Uh, the New American Standard says a soothing tongue is a tree of life. Our, word is, our words or our tongue, is, our tongue is to calm troubled waters and troubled situations. Our tongue is not to be used to stir things up, to create strife, to fuel anger. And so this is a, a very simple guide for us that is just a very clear message from the book of Proverbs. And that is, is what I am about to say, gentle or harsh. This does not mean we should never talk through problems. Uh, it doesn't mean we should never correct or, re- or rebuke someone about a sin. Even Proverbs talks about that being a good thing. But we must always speak with compassion, humility, godly wisdom, and gentleness. All right, the third uh, clear truth or principle that we see in Proverbs is that good words 
result in a good life. Bad words result in a bad life. Uh, That may sound a little simplistic, but it's just uh, a repeated theme of Proverbs. Uh, 13 verse 3, whoever guards his mouth preserves his life. Or those who, one translation says, those who control their tongue will protect their life. Or those who control their tongue will live a long life or have a long life. But he who opens wide his lips comes to ruin. So you control a lot of your own destiny by how you talk. Proverbs always contrasts the blessed life and the hard life. Calamity, misery, and destruction will come upon those who despise God's wisdom. Blessing and happiness and well-being will come to those who do life God's way. It's just a constant theme throughout the entire book of Proverbs, and it applies to your tongue and to mine. We've all heard that the proverb that life and death are in the power of the tongue That verse goes on to say that those who love it will eat its fruit, meaning that we will experience the consequences of how we speak. We will eat the fruit of how we talk, good or bad. If you love saying harsh things, you will eat the fruit of that. If you love using your tongue for good, you will eat the fruit of that. And we've all heard the expression, you know, I had to eat my words. Well, Proverbs says we all do We all eat our words all the time, bitter or sweet. 21.23 says, Whoever keeps his mouth and his tongue keeps himself out of trouble. I I love that verse. It's just so plain and straightforward. Hey, if you just watch what you say, you're going to keep yourself out of a lot of trouble. How many have enough trouble as it is without adding more by what you say? I don't find anything in the Bible that says you should say whatever you are thinking. (laughs) Whoever guards his tongue, whoever keeps his mouth, keeps himself out of trouble. It seldom pays to speak out of anger or out of a bad mood or a critical spirit. You can say things that Proverbs says, God says, can ruin your life. And you don't think about that when you let loose with your torrent of anger or bitterness or complaining, but you're actually jeopardizing your own life and your own well-being. 1 Peter 3.10 says, Whoever desires to love life and to see good days, let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Amazing verse. If you want to love life and see good days, guard your tongue. The key ingredient to having a life that you love and having good days after good days is to keep your tongue from saying evil things. James said, just like a small spark can set a whole forest ablaze, so the tongue can set the whole course of your life on fire. I would have thought James would have said, your tongue can set the whole course of somebody else's life on fire. And it can, it can do that. But James said, no, it'll set the whole course of your life on fire. A tongue can burn down a marriage, a church, uh, multitudes of friendships 
and relationships. But God says, if you guard your tongue, or preser- if you guard your tongue, you will preserve or protect your life by simply watching carefully what you say. You will make your own life better, safer, less painful. All right, the fourth overall truth that we see in Proverbs is that is that Proverbs spends a lot of time warning us of the great damage specific uses of our tongue can do to others. All right, we talked earlier just the general principle the tongue can do great damage. And I suppose we could just leave it at that, but Proverbs doesn't. It, gets, it drills down. It gets down into specific areas, specific ways that we use our tongue that does such severe damage uh, to others. You know, sins of the tongue are not small, harmless sins. And I think sometimes in the body of Christ we have a tendency to think that, you know, those things are really, really, really bad, uh, but sins of our tongue, grumbling, hurtful words, angry words, harsh words, outbursts of anger, it's, it's, it might, it might, we might think they're bad, but not really that bad. Well, we need to read more in Proverbs if we think that way. All right, first, the first specific way we can use our tongue for damage, telling lies or slander. Telling lies about your neighbor, slandering them in Proverbs is compared to killing your neighbor. Proverbs 25, 18, a man who bears false witness against his neighbor is like a war club or a sword or a sharp arrow. You know, exaggerating someone's faults or errors, uh, spreading false and damaging information can just cut a brother or sister to pieces. It's like a sword or a sharp arrow. Proverbs uh, twelve eighteen says much the same thing. There is one who speaks rashly like the thrusts of a sword. You know, reckless cutting remarks are like cutting someone to pieces with a sword. I can never think of a good comeback when somebody says something uh, mean to me, but uh, it it would take me a long time. I just don't think quickly on my feet. But some people, some of you probably are really good at put-downs. I mean, just a a sharp, clever retort uh, comeback just comes quickly to your mind and and, uh, and, and you, can, you can put somebody down in just a heartbeat if you wanted to. Well, you know, if, if you have that gift, beware. Uh, beware of, of the damage that it can do. Uh, you know, people often justify hurtful or reckless cutting remarks by saying, well, I was just being honest. Well, the Bible says honesty without love is a sin. Honesty without love, it's just being brutal. You're just... Being like this verse says, you're being like a, a war club or a sword or a sharp arrow. Harsh, angry words just stir up more anger and destroys peace. We've already looked at Proverbs 15.1, but I'm, I'll repeat it. A harsh word stirs up anger. A harsh word is one of the ways that we use our tongue to um, really to speak death into people's lives instead of giving them life. 29.9 says, The fool either rages or scoffs, 
and there is no peace. Anger, rage, just destroys peace, harmony. It may feel really good to go off on somebody, but unless that person is a really godly person, they're going to strike back and the fight will just go on and get bigger and bigger and bigger. And we should be about, careful about this uh, wherever we talk, in every relationship, but we should be most careful about it in our homes. Uh, men, uh, we can be more prone to anger, I think, than, than women. We need to be especially uh, cautious about uh, angry outbursts or speaking harshly in our homes. But interestingly, Proverbs also says it's, it's better to live in the desert than with a, with a quarrelsome woman. Uh, angry, quarrelsome words from men or women turn the home into a miserable place. All right, still covering the same topic of specific uses of the tongue that cause damage to others. Next, uh, using your tongue to repeat offenses. Proverbs 17, 9. Whoever conceals an offense promotes love, but he who brings it up again separates friends. If you repeatedly bring up grievances or offenses, you will alienate people around you, even, even your good friends. Um, I believe it's clearly taught in the Bible that we should not be easily offended. Uh, Proverbs 19.11 says, it is a man's glory to overlook an offense. That's probably a good verse for us all to memorize. It's, it's a person's glory to overlook an offense. But if you are offended, uh, certainly don't keep talking about it. Don't just don't keep bringing it up. If something needs to be dealt with, deal with it once and let it go. go. Don't just repeating, keep repeating offenses. And the last one we'll look at, and there's more, but this is the last one we'll look at this morning, is using our tongue uh, to gossip. Uh, gossip creates conflict and quarrels. 26, 20. Without wood, a fire goes out. Without gossip, a conflict ceases. Gossip is talking about other people's faults and failures. Specifically, it's talking about other people's faults and failures in a hurtful way. Um, you know, there's something in us that enjoys gossip. It, it, it somehow it makes us feel, uh, feel better about ourselves. It makes other people look bad. Makes, at least it's often an attempt to make ourselves look good. Uh, Matt Mitchell with Desiring God said, the sin of gossip, and I thought this was a really good definition, that's why I'm sharing it with you. The sin of gossip is bearing bad news behind someone's back out of a bad heart. That's, that's really good. The sin of gossip is bearing bad news behind someone's back out of a bad heart. Gossip hurts. It damages and divides. And as Proverbs says, uh, Without gossip, um, conflicts cease. 
But then Proverbs also tells us the tremendous, almost unbelievable good that our tongue can do, that our words can do to others. As we've already seen uh, from Proverbs 15:1, gentle words can calm down an angry person. A gentle answer turns away wrath. It's a very well-known verse, but when you get in a tense situation and you have somebody that loses control uh, in what they say or just kind of steps out of bounds in, in their anger or frustration or irritation or harshness with you, um, a gentle answer, being slow to speak and responding with self-control and gentleness can um, just calm them down. It can calm the situation down. It can take the contention out of the situation. A gentle answer turns away wrath. Uh, words spoken with patience, Proverbs says, are actually more persuasive than words spoken with uh, a lot of anger. 25.15, with, with patience... A ruler may be persuaded, and a soft tongue will break a bone. So words spoken with patience are much more effective in getting another person to change their mind than just going out with going into a conversation with guns blazing and a lot of anger. And then here's an interesting one that I actually think about a lot when I am teaching the Bible, but it applies to every one of us, and that is that uh, wise use of words makes a difficult truth easier to accept. In the, in the New American Standard, Proverbs 15.2 says, the tongue of the wise makes knowledge acceptable. And the word acceptable there literally means pleasant or appealing. Many truths that we have to share with people. I'm not talking just about Bible teaching, but many truths just in general that we have to share with people are not that easy for people to hear or accept. And we don't help people change by just coming on strong, you know, like gangbusters. Uh, we, we don't help people change by beating them up or with arrogant arguments, but with patient, gentle uh, self-control in our words. And I, I, I think it's not saying we can't be firm. It's not saying we can't be strong. It's not saying we can't have convictions that we're not going to bend on. But it's just that we, uh, we, don't, we don't use our words to create a hurdle for people to accept the truth. We, we try to use our words in a way that it will make it easier for, for truth or for knowledge to be accepted and then the last one that that we're going to cover and again there's more but the last one that we're going to camp on that really again we're looking at just the tremendous good that you can do with your tongue is it gracious kind words give life life is in the power of the tongue The tongue of the righteous is a fountain of life. Wouldn't you like to have it said that your tongue was like a fountain of life? You have the power to give life through your words. You can, you can revive others 
through what you say. You can, you can heal them. You can restore. You can lift them up. Uh, again, our key verse, or one of the ones that we read in Scripture that David read for us, gracious words bring sweetness to the soul. Isn't that beautiful? Your words can bring sweetness to somebody's soul and health to their body. That's incredible. That's an incredible power that you can increase someone's joy and maybe even improve their health. So we need to make that our, our aim. And I mean, whenever you walk into a room, whenever you're in a situation where there's communication going on, whenever you're with other people, uh, think about that. I want to use my tongue to give life, to bring life into this situation, into this relationship, into this person's heart. I've always been impressed with the New Testament greetings. And they're not just in the, in the greetings, but they're really sprinkled all throughout the New Testament letters. Uh, grace to you. Peace to you. The Lord be with your spirit. Peace be yours in abundance. Are those just nice-sounding words? Well, they are that. But they do something for those who receive them. I'm convinced they do something. God uses our words to actually increase the experience of peace and grace and joy to actually increase the sense of the Lord's presence in another person's life when we speak these kinds of words. So how do we do this? How do we make this transition? How do we overcome uh, tendencies or habits to speak negative, um, evil, harmful words? And how do we start using our tongue to give life? Well, this is the answer to a lot of things in life, but first, by giving way to the Holy Spirit who is in you. Be filled with the Spirit, speaking. You know, that verse says, don't get drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. A lot of times we just stop there. No, it says, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. It's, it's our relationship with God's Spirit that changes how we talk to each other. I mean, honestly, if, if frustrating, irritate, irritated, grumbling, complaining, harsh, we're, if all that kind of stuff is coming out of our mouth, something is wrong in our relationship with the Holy Spirit. Walk by the Spirit, and you will not fulfill the desires of the flesh. But if you walk by the Spirit, the fruits of the Holy Spirit are going to flow out of your life. Of course, we literally do sing and worship, but we also just talk to each other out of hearts that are filled with praise and song and worship. That's the aim, that's the goal. Singing and making melody in your heart, even if you're not doing it out, out, outward. Uh, singing and making melody in your heart and then go speak to each other out of that state of heart. 
All right, second way we, we grow in this is by active obedience to the Bible. Active obedience to the Word of God, to the Scripture. So, uh, Colossians 3.8, you must put aside all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. You're supposed to take that seriously. Colossians 4.6, let your speech always be seasoned with grace. Or let your speech always be gracious. Think about that. Let your speech always be gracious. Ephesians 4.29, let no unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building up the one in need and bringing grace to those who hear. I mean, notice the, the, uh, the imperatives and the all-inclusive commands of these, of these verses. Put aside all such things, all this bad language from your lips. Let your speech always be gracious. Let no unwholesome word come out of your mouth, but, but, but uh, only what is helpful. So we, you know, we change our tongue when we begin to take the word of God seriously. We change our speech when we take these scriptures seriously. Wherever we are, whatever time of day it is, with whoever we happen to be with, I don't care if it's somebody from church or your kids or your spouse or even just by yourself, uh, you start taking these commands of Scripture seriously. And it's life-changing. Third, you guard your mouth by guarding what is going on in your heart. And remember Josh's message from last week that from your heart flow all the issues of life. So you're supposed to guard your heart vigilantly. Well, guess what? It says, that verse says, all the issues, all the issues of life flow out of, of your heart. And guess what? Your words flow out of your heart too. There's an old Bible commentary, I, commentator I used to listen to, and I have a couple of books by him. Uh, Theodore App, he said, uh, Remember that the tongue speaks only what is in the heart. You know, if you're really critical of someone in your heart and you're just allowing that, those critical, condemning thoughts about someone, if, you, if you're just allowing that to go on in your heart, well, you know, pretty soon that's going to come out. If you hate someone, if you're jealous of someone, what, I don't, you know, if you're frustrated with someone, if you just allow that to continue in your heart, it's going to come out through your mouth. And so the way that you fix your mouth is to go to the heart. For from it flow all the issues of life. Fourth. This one I think is really important I don't have a verse for it from Proverbs, but it's, uh, it's all throughout the, the Scriptures in the New Testament. Uh, and it's this. Learn to share 
or speak. Learn to speak the word of God with others. Okay? Um, I'm talking about just learning to share a promise, an encouragement, a truth, a verse from the Bible with others. Um, It's just so important. And, you know, I know for for those who have never done it, it can feel like uh, jumping off the 10-foot diving board at the swimming pool for the first time. But just begin by sharing with your wife or children or, or brother or sister here at church. You know, here's a, here's a really good verse I read this week. Or here's a really good verse I heard this week. And just, just share it. Just read it or quote it. Might, you might be amazed at the way God uses that verse to heal or help or encourage or lift up a person. So we, 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 sh- we should just learn to... Uh, Develop a habit. We should work on being able to actually speak God's word with uh, one another. You know, uh, David said, uh, uh, my soul cleaves to the dust. I mean, he's just, you can just tell he's down, just utterly discouraged. He's, and do you know what he said next? Revive me according to your word. And when you go around sharing the word with people, um, it gives life. It can just revive that person who is downcast or maybe very discouraged. So when we uh, seek to encourage and teach on, uh, one another from God's word, it, the, just you know, the wrong uses of our tongue will just fall away from us. And then the last thing that I think really helps us makes this transition from um, speech that harms to speech that heals and helps is, uh, is just to pray. Pray about your words. Pray about how you talk. Uh, Psalm 19.14, Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. I mean, what a, what a needed prayer let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight O lord you know when you have a responsibility to to speak uh, or anytime you're going to be with people start to pray god make me your Minister, make me your spokesperson. Makes make make makes me make me uh, make make me your your minister in this situation. Anoint my tongue. Anoint my tongue with your spirit as I go into this meeting, or as I go into church this morning. Anoint my tongue. Let me bless a bunch of people this morning. Um, Pray, pray that. Let, let the words of my mouth do a lot of good. Uh, let me speak as it were God speaking to this uh, per- person. You know, uh, Peter, is in the context of spiritual gifts, but uh, Peter said, whoever speaks, let him speak as it were the utterances of God. That's, that's how we should approach speaking to one another. God, oh God. Let me speak as it were the, the utterances of God. 
And, you know, we need the right words for the right moment. Uh, Proverbs 25.11 says, A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in a setting of silver. Uh, so so I, I don't know what to say a lot of times to people in situations. Uh, but we need to just pray for the right words for the right moment and trust the Spirit to bring a thought to us, uh, to bring a word to us about what, what we can say in a, in a specific situation. Uh, I'm reading a, a book on prayer, and uh, it, it's written by uh, Warren and Ruth Myers. Uh, used to be with the Navigators many, many years ago. And uh, one of the prayers that they had in this book was something like this. Dear Lord, I am asking you to give me on-the-spot wisdom in my conversations with people today. I thought, what a great prayer. You know, isn't that what we need? Just, Lord, give me on-the-spot wisdom uh, in my conversations with people today. Uh, a pastor by the name of Roy Lesson wrote a prayer that I read recently in a devotional blog, and um, I'm going to read it for us. It's a little longer, but you know what? I'm going to just ask you to uh, stand. And uh, uh, pray with me. Bow your heads and uh, pray with me in your spirit as I read this prayer. Father, guide my thoughts before they become my words. Place a guard over my mouth and a watchman over the door of my lips. When I open my mouth, I ask you to fill it with right words, good words, true words, loving words. Use my words this day to heal and not harm, to restore, to extend mercy and not judgment, to build up and not pull down, to comfort and not injure, to encourage and not quench, to mend and not wound. If I am to speak correction, may it be with compassion. If I am to exhort, may it be with humility. If I am to instruct, may it be with brokenness. If I am to counsel, may it be according to your word. Guard my tongue from murmuring and my voice from complaint. In all things, may my mouth be filled with words of gratitude, expressions of praise, and proclamation of your faithfulness. In Jesus' name.